This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of A Dog Named Mattis, 12 Lessons for Living Courageously, Serving Selflessly, and Building Bridges from a Heroic Canine Officer, written and narrated by Sergeant Mark Tappan, available now everywhere. This is Matt Woodley, and this is Monday Morning Preacher, where we review one aspect of preaching and analyze one master preacher. I'm here today with my guest host for today, fellow preacher Kevin Miller. Monday Morning Preacher is brought to you by PreachingToday.com. I may be biased because I'm the editor, but I love and use PreachingToday.com because it gives you everything you need to prepare your soul and sharpen your skills so you can proclaim God's Word. PreachingToday.com's powerful database of over 13,000 high-quality editor-screened sermon illustrations ensure that you'll be able to find just the right story to drive your point home. So go to PreachingToday.com now and sign up for your free 30-day trial. So, Kevin, this past week I had this dream. Okay, uh, Matt, in this uh, uh, podcast we analyze sermons, not your dreams. Well, this was a dream about preaching. Oh, so you're saying it counts. I think it does, okay? So uh, there's this preacher guy who was giving a sermon in this classic-looking church sanctuary, you know, wooden railing, nice old pulpit, stained-glass window behind the preacher. And I have to say, the preacher looked a lot like me, okay? But I'm not sure if it was me. And this is a dream, remember? Okay, so anyway, this preacher started preaching in a really loud, high-pitched, intense kind of angry and completely strained and unnatural voice. I mean, there was no modulation, there was no change in pitch or volume, it was just full-throttled, unrelenting intensity through the entire sermon. Wow. So what did your therapist say about your dream? <laughs> well, I haven't had a chance yet, but... Uh, <laughs> no, what happened in the dream? Uh, well, the dream ended, okay? okay? And, but I do remember thinking, uh, do I sound like that guy? Hmm. I hope not. And mm. curiously enough, I remember in the dream that the church was completely empty. I mean, mm. the guy's screaming drove everyone away, and there he was, just left completely by himself. Wow. So today, are we talking about screaming and preaching? or? <laughs> well, we are talking about emotional intensity. Okay. okay. And as you can see, Maybe I have some issues with emotional intensity in preaching, so I want you to start here. Help me out, okay? okay. So emotional intensity in preaching, what is it? But tell us first, what is it not? Well, it's not uh, doing like uh, the figure in your dream did. Good. Um, but here's what I think it means. It means that when you go to a biblical text there's or a biblical truth, there's it has an emotional... Uh, it has an emotion in it. So some texts are gentle and some are urgent and, and so on. And, and so what I think we're talking about today is how do you convey the emotion of the text at the intensity level it appears in the text so that your listener feels that same emotion at the same level of intensity as it appears in the text? Excellent definition. I love that. So when we were looking through over 25 years of sermons on preaching today, we found some great examples of how to use emotional intensity. So we got preachers like E.V. Hill, 
H.B. Uh, Charles, Samuel Rodriguez, and even Tim Keller. Now, some people, that may surprise them. but Yeah, it surprises me a little. I'll get back to Keller in a few minutes, and I will prove my point that he preaches with emotional intensity. Anyway, we chose a sermon from Francis Chan, who's got a lot of... Emotional intensity. He channels it, man. Okay. And anyway, he was preaching on... Second... Was that a pun? <laughs> that was. Thank you for noticing. He was preaching on Second Chronicles chapter 16, and here's the clip. I, I don't want to be like those who petered out at the end. I want to be like, like Joshua and Caleb, right? Isn't that, isn't that one of the most motivational speeches for those of you who are further along in life when, when Caleb says, hey, I was, I was 40 years old, you know? I remember going, and going to the promised land, and I was one of the two people that said, we can do this thing. We can do this thing. But those other 10 spies, they're all whining and got everyone scared. He goes, not me. I knew we could do it. And he goes, now it's 45 years later. He goes, I'm an 85-year-old man, and you know what? I'm ready to go up that hill and take this land. He goes, my God is still with me. I'm as strong as I was when I was 40, and I'm 85 now, so let's go. And I go, man, that's who I want to be. That is the model we have in Scripture. There's a verse I want to share with you, um, a verse you're very familiar with. A lot of you are. We used to have it painted on the wall of our living room in one of our homes. It was uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, where it says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. I love that verse. The eyes of the Lord are roaming throughout the earth. Do you believe this? Do you you take scripture literally like I do? Do you you go, you know what? Right now, God on his throne is literally looking around the earth. And he's observing what's going on here. That right now, God knows what's in my heart, what's in my mind, my thoughts, whether or not I'm here to just lift myself up or to lift him up and tell you what a holy God he is. He knows what's going on in here. He's roaming throughout the earth and just looking. He knows what's going on in your mind right now as you're listening to the word of God, whether or not you believe he's watching right now. He already knows this. But it says his eyes roam to and fro throughout the earth, and he's actively looking to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Isn't that that wonderful? That God's actually looking for someone to support? Okay, wow, that was intense. So, uh, Matt, what do you think uh, preachers like uh, you and I should take away from hearing somebody like Francis Chan about emotional intensity in our preaching? Yeah, well, the first thing you got to notice about Chan is he's really intense. He is like a 9.5 out of 10 on the intense scale. But um, And I'm not. So what do I learn from a guy like that? The good thing is, unlike the guy in my dream, um, he's not intense all the time at the same level of intensity. And if you listen to the whole sermon, he even sprinkles in some humor uh, five, six, maybe ten times. He sprinkles in a little humor to break up his intensity. So I think, likewise, our emotional intensity, there's an ebb and flow to it. It's not full throttle. Well, you know, I I know one thing I really loved about this sermon is that 
for Francis, it's not emotional intensity for emotional intensity's sake. It's for God's sake. So he he directs your gaze upward onto God. Now, he could say at the end of this sermon, be like Caleb, don't peter out at the end, you know, but instead he turns your gaze up to this all-seeing, all-knowing, utterly holy God who is searching through the earth for someone whose heart is turned toward him. And that makes it intense, just the reality of a God like that before whom I stand silent as a creature. I think it's also important to note that Francis is an intense guy. I mean, it's just his personality. He his wife says that being married to him is like participating in the TV show The Amazing Race. You know? So, so if, since you're not that, I think it's fair to say. No. And I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm a Minnesota boy. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, I tend to be more introverted and reserved in my makeup. So what? how do you and I become appropriately emotionally intense in our messages for when we reach those texts that themselves Well, I'd love to hear are, your are answer to that question, but let me take a shot at it first. I okay. think— I think you have to find a level of emotional intensity and in ex- how you express that in a way that's authentic to you. Okay. And as you said at the beginning, it derives from the text. So it derives mm-hmm. from really the Spirit of God who's speaking yeah. through that text. And so we want to convey that intensity through our personality. And that's where I think Tim Keller is actually conveys a lot of emotional intensity. Now, of course, he's an East Coast intellectual, mm-hmm. um, but if you listen to Keller when he's driving a biblical text home and he's pointing to Jesus, he's intense. He's intense, but he's intense in a Keller-esque kind of way. Okay, and, you convince me. And I want to be intense in a Woodley-esque kind of way. Okay. That is a word, Woodley-esque. So what would intensity that's Woodley-esque uh, be like? That's a great question, Kevin. I'll answer that in just a second. First, a word from our sponsor. Monday Morning Preacher is brought to you by PreachingToday.com. I may be biased because I'm the editor, but I love and use PreachingToday.com because it gives you everything you need to prepare your soul and sharpen your skills so you can proclaim God's Word. So go to PreachingToday.com now and sign up for your free 30-day trial. So intensity that's Woodley-esque. Let me give you an example. I was preaching a sermon on 1 Timothy 3. I was talking about the qualities of a spiritual leader, and I called it an integrity checklist. Um, And so I talked about living a life of integrity. These are characteristics of living a life of integrity. And I ended with this very powerful story about John Stott, where he anonymously washed the muddy boots of this 16-year-old kid from Mexico who was now 50 years old and running a ministry in Mexico City. So I heard that story from this guy. Wow. And so it was a story that just moved me, and I just told that story, and I had such feeling in that story because I knew these people and because I just urged people to live a life of integrity, that a life of integrity is a beautiful life. I remember that very well because I happened to hear that sermon, and and you're right that the story at the end just really hit home um, uh, with with power, with emotional power. I think uh, as we think about takeaways for our listeners, the one thing I think I would suggest is to meet God in the text, because when you meet God in the text, you you somehow that seasons everything you say, and you you bring the right thing. For example, uh, this morning I was reading from Isaiah 40, where it says that God tends his flock like a shepherd. Hmm. 
And I was thinking how impatient I can be with people who are moving not at the speed I want them to be moving. But God doesn't do that. He takes those who are with young and those who are, are not able to move very fast like the lambs, and he carries them close in his arms, the text says. And there was something about the gentleness and the kindness of God that struck me in that text in a fresh way. And it made me want to preach a sermon that had a very gentle tone, hmm. a gentle emotional uh, emotion. And so I felt like that a ser- that sermon, as I started to think about it in my mind, should have almost like a lullaby effect on the listener. Yeah. I don't mean put them to sleep, but I mean give them that same evocative sense of the kindness and gentleness of God. Beautiful. Um, there's one more point about emotional intensity. Um, now, I think, obviously, we've been talking about emotional intensity. It matters. It matters a lot. It helps your people connect with the biblical text and your passion for God's Word. But there's something else that's also very powerful on this topic, and that is what I would call the intensity of the Holy Spirit, because there's an emotional intensity to God. There's an emotional intensity to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is intensely seeking lost people. He's intensely drawing people out of sin and into the Father's embrace. And uh, so we preach with the intensity that we need, but remember that it doesn't all depend on you. The Spirit is at work through you to bring people to the Lord as well. Well, that's a great point. I mean, they say that Jonathan Edwards, the most brilliant theologian that America probably has ever generated, um, used to read his sermons, and it was in kind of an academic monotone. And yet the sense of the presence of God in those messages was palpable to the point that people would literally hang on to the pillars mm. of the sanctuary to steady themselves against the, the palpable sense of the holiness of God. Yeah. So preachers, preach with emotional intensity. Look at your intensity. Ask people to review your emotional intensity. What do they hear coming through in you? Get some feedback on that. So that's our episode for today on Monday Morning Preacher. Join us next time as we look at another facet of preaching through the lens of another master preacher.